0: Hello, my name is Rick Napier. I'm the fundraising director for Team Reuben Young. And today we will talk about... Today Reuben Young will talk about a recent event in Broward County. And I just want to let people know that Reuben Young is running against Debbie Wasserman Schultz for Congress in District 23. He is so excited, but he needs your help. Reuben Young needs your contributions and donations uh, somewhere between $50 and $100 so that Reuben can uh, uh, finalize his system to win and also a system not to lose. Uh, as you know, in Broward County and Miami-Dade County, there is an element that most people say we can't really trust the elections and the numbers coming out of these two counties. So Reuben needs to put together a system to win and a system not to lose. New- and a system not to lose, and he needs your support. You can go to ouryoungforcongress.com and click the donate button. Also, as a fundraising director in our attempts and strategy not to lose, after you donate, please complete the subscription mailing list because from this list we will build the army of Reuben Young supporters. So, without further delay, I would like to welcome. To, to the Team Ruben Young Podcast. Mr. Ruben Young. Good morning, Ruben. How are you doing? Uh, good morning. Good afternoon, Rick. Uh, this is
1: Ruben Young, and I approve that message. I really appreciate the uh, introduction. It is a, a very good uh, introduction as it lays down the foundation that we need to uh, run and win. You know, my goal is to, uh, is to uh, get Debbie out that seat this time and not next time, but before I uh, talk to you and your listening audience, i like to have an opportunity to do something, Rick, where I want to ask you uh, to, uh, to tell the people your role and why you feel uh, that your commitment level, your dedication to duty, and your performance will uh, make a difference And as we fight the good fight to take back America or to save America. So if you would, Rick, could you just tell us a bit about yourself?
0: Well, I tell you what, uh, as you know, Ruben, I'm a I'm a behind the scenes guy. Uh, We met back in October of 2020 when you were running for the clerk of the court uh, against um, uh, uh, Mr. Ruben, I think his name is. And uh, you received about two hundred and seventy eight thousand votes, even though you were running on a shoestring uh, campaign budget. And it, it was at that time that I said, this guy is awesome. This guy knows more about the Constitution and about the policies of how the state of Florida runs and how actually the U.S. Congress and America should run, you know, based on the U.S. Constitution than anyone I have ever met. And I'm willing to say, listeners, that Reuben could probably stand toe-to-toe with some of the top well-known uh, senators and congresspeople currently in office. But just about me. I'm originally from Tampa, Florida, so you have two Florida guys uh, trying to make this thing happen, trying to put this win together to defeat Debbie and Schultz. I spent 12 years in the military. Uh, six of those years were in a combat unit. And uh, after that, I was a club DJ in San Francisco. And people say they like the voice, but that's where it comes from, from the club DJ scene. But then I entered into corporate America as an operations manager and a sales executive. Uh, Working in corporate America gave me a wealth of experience that when I talked to Ruben, I said, Ruben, this is what this is how we should proceed with with the campaign in terms of the messaging. Messaging is so important and messaging is not important because we want to trick anybody or we want to finagle donations out of people like like other people are doing. Just to be honest, people are getting donations and you know, their messaging is, is not as as what you would like it to be. So but we'll talk about that on future podcasts. But in closing, in terms of my intro, I want I want to see Ruben win. And we have a system for Ruben to win and a system for Ruben not to lose. And that's the reason why we need donations. Ruben is running a grassroots uh, campaign, which means there are no big corporate donors there are no people in high places writing 10,000, 25,000 checks, dollar checks to his campaign. These are small donations because Reuben wants to represent the people of District 23 and all of South Florida or all, all of Florida, or I could even say all of the United States. So I hope that gives uh, you know listeners a good introduction to who, who I am as your fundraising director. So I'll give it back to you, Reuben.
1: Well, Rick, certainly, certainly, Rick. I'm gonna tell you what, you know, with that kind of, of background, uh, who needs an army? You know, uh, David had five stones when he took on uh, when he took on Goliath, and I see the five stones operating, and working. I can see the a movement uh, of supporters and people uh, that that's not being seen. People in the background. You know, you make me. You was talking, made me thought about Darius Tuckman and her underground railroad, because that's what this feel like to me. You know, like we are, we are in places that where people don't even know that we are in these places and we are taking these fights and we are uh, pushing through and cutting through the thorns with our sword trying to rescue the damsel in distress from the high tower, uh, from the castle because she's been bound for years by uh, a corporate elitist our corporate elite and not giving those opportunities so uh i thank you rick for allowing me to come on i think this uh i've been on before but it it gets better and better every time i'm on with you because i like how you ask the questions it's the the question that that is not what they hear is what they're not hearing and it's the question behind the question that i respond to uh most uh you know influence knowledgeably because i understand where you're trying to go and i appreciate that so You know, I'm running, uh, I'm running against Debbie Wasserman Schultz, and I will encourage your listeners, please go to my website, that's R Young for Congress, Uh, take a look at my plan of winning, this time and not next time, a plan where we hope to count the votes, where we hope to count the the support, and we hope to count those Underground Railroad individuals that you don't see, but they're behind They're behind the wall. So i like to say to my party, and i like to say to the rest of America, let's tear down these walls. We've heard that phrase before, President Reagan said that, and now I'm saying it. And let's tear down these walls. And we're talking about taking back the House. And we're talking about taking back the Senate. Well, dang it, let's take back the House. And let's take back the Senate, because I'm not just a representative. If God put me in this seat, I won't just be a representative of uh, Florida Congressional District 23. I will be a representative as part of those other United Representatives representing the United States of America. When we come together, when all the states come together, when all of the representatives come together, we make up one. We cast a vote for America. We don't just cast that vote for District 23 or District 20 or District 21 or some other district across uh, this country. When we cast our vote, we're taking a part of America in that House chambers, And we're casting our vote for what is right and what is good and what is pure about America and for those policies that we, the people, can benefit from, Rick. So I hope that, you, that the country, that this district... Take a second look at my campaign. Yes, I need help because right now the corporate elites—they are now caught up in a world full of money. they are saying that the only way to get in office is to raise enough money. And a lot of the people that are raising the uh, the monies—they're not for America. They're out. Most of them, from my understanding and from those that I've seen on my reports, they're out for themselves. They're raising money to live on. They're not trying to win these elections. They are out and gather all these dollars. And they get all these donors to donate, and when they don't, and they don't put the money in the campaign, they they it's looking like they're trying to lose. So after the elections are over with, they can keep the money for themselves, and then if another campaign starts or ends, they have a boost, a leg up. Well, I'm saying another is enough, and it's time for that to end. So please, uh, if you're listening to my voice, my team, Team Young, we need your support. We're running on petition. We need your support anywhere in the state of Florida. If you are anywhere in the state of Florida, you can sign a petition. Sign a petition if somebody is going to represent you uh, in Florida District 23, but most of all, going to stand for your values, going to stand for your belief, your core beliefs, going to stand for what you stand for, protecting our, our gun ownership rights, fighting for our safer and, and the communities, fighting for safer communities, fighting for our seniors. Fighting for our small businesses, fighting to protect and defend this Constitution, fighting day constantly, day and day and night enforcement of the rules of law. Those are the things that I'm running on. Those are the things I hold dear. Yes, I'm I'm pro-life. I'm a pro-life. I'm pro-family. I'm pro-business, but most of all, I'm pro-community. I'm pro-American. I'm pro-we the people. That's what the Constitution is based upon.
0: So that's who I am, Rick. Hey, well, i tell you what, you, you sparked a, a fire in me with that uh, that conversation just now. And when you mentioned people behind the scenes, I want to let listeners know on the Team Young podcast this. When you hear the, the word "listen," uh, people behind the scenes or people in the underground, you know, years ago, that used to be the people who were less fortunate. Nowadays, in 2021, and it started kind of like in the mid like after President Obama was in office, just to be truthful, the people behind the scenes and the people who are, you know, in the underground, so to speak, are the small business owners. And let me say who these people are. These are the plastic surgeons, the dentists, the hairstylists, the insurance brokers, the real estate brokers, the plumbers, the people who do landscaping, the people who uh, clean houses and I'm mainly talking about the people who want to put in the honest day's work based on their education based on the things that they know how to do based on the things that they have been trained to do so in South Florida you have restaurant owners, you have dancers, you have musicians you have people that write scripts as independent artists. These are all the people who are now considered the new underground the new people that have been left behind because of this this, this socialist leaning, communist leaning uh, feeling that we're starting to see uh, here in in, in in South Florida, and I just want to say that you know for people who are sitting on the fence and they're saying, "Well, I'm not sure who you know I need to vote for." Well, I tell you what, ask yourself this: Under President Trump, was your life better under President Trump? Than it is now, I would say a large majority of people, including Republicans, Democrats, Independents, people with no party affili- affiliation, have have felt the pain, misery, and destruction under what these Democrats are doing with this uh, with this with this the COVID-19 shutdown, lockdown. You know, your business is open today; it's closed tomorrow. It's 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 open for a week; it's closed for three months. But Ruben, I just had to say that because you you fired me up when you talked about the underground and Harriet Tubman, because that woman that put that underground together, she was trying to free people. And that's exactly what you're doing, running for office, because we know and I'm, I'm new to this. I'm new to this, this political thing. I'm a small business owner. I'm a CEO of a consulting firm. So the political part is new to me, Ruben. But I'll tell you what's not new my desire for freedom my desire for freedom so my first question i want to ask you is tell us about what happened last night at the broward meeting that you went to and, and 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 basically you went there to perhaps meet with voters but something else happened can you please describe what happened last night
1: okay well let me let me let me slow down take you down a notch and get into a conversation a uh, conversation-type tone. Last night was a very amazing night for me. You know, um, I've been crisscrossing the state, going to various places like Jupiter, Sarasota, Orlando, you know, any all places that will help me get the goal of reaching uh, the petition goal that was established by the state to get on the ballot. Uh, Being a grassrooter, being somebody who never was born with a spoon, uh, in his mouth, being somebody who's lived poor, been homeless, somebody who's been down, and then pushed aside, picked on bullets day in and day out as a child. Somebody who went out to serve uh, his country, although short-lived, someone who lost a brother who was in the military at the hands of a police officer. You know, all these things took a turn. But in, 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 in being the person that God has made me out to be, I went to a, a, a meeting of precinct captains. I just thought that they were regular voters uh, in the room. I, didn't, I I knew that it was part of the uh, uh, plantation. It was part of the plantation club, Republican club. But it was amazing that when I ended up in that meeting, I ended up in a meeting with a lot of the precinct captains for that area and pretty much as I've been going about uh, talking about my, my platform, about what I want to do uh, in District 23 because I know that Debbie Washington and Schultz have uh, abandoned the district have not spoke out for the district in, in 20 plus years she's been there since 24, 2004 and she has not represented that district uh, uh, as a whole she's been pretty much biased with the policies that by her party but it was amazing. When I got there, they were more inclined, and they wanted to hear more about the law. I don't know if the previous candidate that was there that spoke the month prior to, if she was able to uh, share with them the law, because they were pretty much interested in those things that took place on January 6th. And that's what's the conversation. And it was the most intellectual discussion coming from a group of that magnitude. And, you know, I didn't walk in there to insult them. I told them that I came in with a prepared presentation, but I'm going to lay that presentation down. We're going to continue the conversation that they were talking about. And I told them, I took them back to January the 6th and I iterated that and I started off by saying that uh, if you are going to talk about the law and being a Republican party, we we stand for law and order. We stand for the rules of law. Republicans are not Democrats. We don't get a chance as Republicans to, to select which laws we're gonna follow and which laws we're not gonna follow because that's what Republican is. That's what Republicanism is about. It's about following the rules of law. So I went back to the Twelfth Amendment, and this is an interesting conversation because they was hungry. You know, the Bible says that we must uh, uh, search after knowledge. We must. Seek knowledge, and we will find that knowledge upon our seeking and our pursuit of that knowledge. And when I shared with them the, the, the historical aspect of what took place, I say even if there was, and this was my interpretation, what I was trying to tell them, I, when we were talking about the insurrection or the so-called insurrection. See, the Constitution of the United States of America has already laid out the foundations within that founding document, within that constitutional doctrine, that language, that language that binds us together, that brings us together, make us whole as a nation. That Constitution and the 12th Amendment, it set the ground rules for Congress to follow. And it says that a presidential electors, or a president is elected by the electors that's appointed by state legislatures. It it, it has no room for error. And it it is self-executing and it's case specific. And it's said in the 12th Amendment. And if you are a Republican and you are listening to my voice, we don't get a chance to subvert or convert or commit treason by going against the language. Of the law, the language that was established by those duly elected House members and those duly elected senatorial members and those duly a uh, duly elected president, when they come together in agreement on our behalf, and once the law and all the, the constitutions are ratified by the member the membering state and their residents or their inhabitants, when we agree that this is we be- going to be the law, we must follow, and then we must follow that because the Constitution says that a president of these United States of America are elected by electors that are appointed by state legislatures and that I declared in that room because Donald Trump, Donald J. Trump, who was a president, he feels a lawful and legal president of these United States, his electors was appointed by state legislatures and Biden and Kamala Harris, there. They were not. Their electors were not appointed. So Donald Trump is still the lawful and legal president of these United States. And that's what I shared. And I told them in my interpretation, even if there was a a so-called insurrection, Congress had no authority to subvert that constitutional document. They had no authority to break the foundations of that document, regardless of what they they, they call an insurrection, Congress had a duty because they are all bound by their oaths of office and they are bound by their written and signed affidavit. Because I quoted Rick, and a lot of your listeners need to hear this, a lot of your listeners don't know this, but the federal law, the statute that binds them. Because these are the laws that were put forth by duly elected members of both the House the, 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 and the Senate and our pres- president. It says in 18 U.S.C. 1918, an executive order 10450 that lays the foundation. It said, whenever an elected official, such as a congressperson or a senator, whenever they advocate a public change, and a constitutional document that is the that is overthrowing our government and it calls for an immediate removal of their position. It calls for the immediate removal of these members from either the House or the Senate. It makes it the law itself makes it a crime. you can go and also do a little bit more research if you go to five USC 3331, 5 USC 3333, three, 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 5 USC 7311. And there you will get your answer. And I am appalled, Rick, that a lot of these Republican Congress members have not entertained their violations of these House members that, av- that publicly advocated changes in the constitutional document in violation of article five because whenever there's a change or application in changing that constitution it must be done by an amendment to the constitution they cannot make radical changes to a constitutional document without seeking the vote to change the constitution and this is what nancy pelosi did this is what chuck schumer did This is what Mitch McConnell did and so on and so forth and all those other uh, individuals that committed those treasonous acts. And this is why I want to get to Congress. I'm a fighter. I fought for our children in the courtroom when I was a guard that Lightem. I fought for people's jobs when I was a union member. And I tell you one thing, over these many years, 25, 30 plus years, I've learned how to fight. Not just with my fists. Also, I grew up in the streets. I knew the pimps. I knew the prostitutes. I knew the drug dealers. They knew me and we respected one another. I learned how to fight in the street. And this is what this country needs. So it was a, an amazing uh, meeting. When I got done in my presentation, we go, we went, we talked about federal statutes. We talked about state statutes. We talked about Florida Constitution and we talked about the United States Constitution and we had a lawyer in the room. and I told him, I am incorrect in what I'm saying. We have an attorney sitting right here, he will call me to the floor. And he did not call me to the floor. And when I was leaving the building, the attorney came up to me and gave me his car and said, Give him a call because I was on, uh, I was, uh, gave a presentation as a grassrooter, as a lay person because I'm not a lawyer and I'm claiming to be one. I'm just somebody that takes time out of his busy schedule and go to the law libraries. I go to the University of Miami Law Library. I go to Nova, Nova Southeastern University uh, Law Library. I go to the courthouses. I sit down at the computers. I research the cases. I've gone to the paralegal programming school where I got, uh, I got so many other courses to complete. But I've gone and I've taken the time to learn the Constitution. I will encourage every listener to learn every statue, to learn every ordinance, and to learn every found, foundational document they can get a hold their hands on. Because we are at war, and in war we must learn how to know how to defeat communism. We must know how to defeat socialism, and we must know how to defeat those individuals that may or may not be attempting to overthrow our country and take our America from us because America is the greatest country in
0: the land and is no place else like America. So it was a good meeting. Absolutely. And I just want to uh, add, I mean, I mean, you you touched on the the sort of like the, the top universal, uh, you know, peripheral things that happened at that meeting at the Broward County Precinct Captains meeting. And I just want, just want to let listeners know, because this is actually your podcast platform, uh, will be posted uh, to Ruben Young, you know, Team Ruben Young at ryoungforcongress.com. But I want to add to what you just said, because when you went into that room, you thought there were going to be some voters there, like regular voters, like you've, like you've been to a different, uh, you know, sessions where you've been invited to speak. But what I like about what you did And I think the people who were there, the precinct captains that were there, they saw that you could turn on a dime. They saw that you were not like maybe like the previous candidate who may who may have looked good, who may have you know smelled good, who may have you know came in in the hundred thousand dollars Mercedes. You showed up, and they said, "Oh, we're going to do something different." And you were prepared for it, brother. You were prepared. To talk about the things that they wanted to talk about. And I believe you also probably had a friend because you were just at another uh, event where you talked to a group of people, about 200 people. And you were not thinking that you were going to talk to primarily Jewish people. You thought, you know, I'm just going to come out here to this club. And you got a standing ovation at the King's Point Republican Club in Tamarack.
1: Yes, I did. It was, that, that was a great experience. Too. But last night, I didn't... You know, um, there was a guy in named Ken. I don't know if he's the a treasurer or he's the chairperson. But before I got in that room, he already had read my bio. So he was expecting me. He knew my story. And, you know, was having a story that I've had, uh, served in the military. Uh, I lost a brother while in the military. He was, he was, he was in the military. He got killed uh, by... Uh, by a police officer and I never my family never once cr- called out defunding the police uh, I lived as a homeless person so you know I had a story and I lived as a homeless person not because of my own uh my, my own will it's because I was fired constructively fired and terminated by an, an employer and I know how those people feel when an injustice like that is has taken place and took place uh, you know, and it's nothing. It's beyond your control because no matter who you go to or who you talk to, it seems like the system is against you because it's it's based on these relationships. Somebody knows somebody that 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 is just as corrupt as they are. So you know, it's like beating a dead horse. But you know, I went to that meeting. This guy had sent my petitions out prior to my getting to that meeting last night, and a lot of the people were just waiting to hear my presentation and want to, you know, see what I was about. And one of the things I did say in that room, I said, you know, campaigning is not like a beauty contest. Because if it, if it if it was a beauty contest, I know that I would lose because I don't look good in lipstick. And I said to them, I said, you know, uh, a lot of people say that I'm a frog. I look like a frog with a hat on. And they started snickering. I said, no, nah, you can go ahead and laugh. You can go ahead and laugh because I said, you know what? It's true. It's true. I look in the mirror. So, you know, I, I know I look like a frog with a head on. Uh, and I said, and to my naysayers, I just want to say this. And I'm saying this for the benefit of your audience. I said, and to my naysayers, I just got one thing to say to you. And I said, ribbit, ribbit. And the whole room <laughs> fell out. And the whole room bust out in laughter. And, uh, and even the lawyer that was in the room, he bust out. And laughter. and I told them, I said, you know, when I was growing up, I was bullied as a child. You know, I said, I was always the smallest person in the room. I said, well, I said, I said, hey, I'm the smallest person in this room. And that was another eye opener, <laughs> uh, another icebreaker. So, you know, it was a, 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 a very good, a very good meeting. And one of the guys that was in there, his name is Marty. Um, I think he's either, he's somebody high up. I think he's the president of that club uh last night, and he was in the meeting in King Fort and he was the one that had gotten me, because he saw me at King Point. it was an excellent meeting, we had about 200 people there, and at the end of the day, before I, I was done, I had people signing my petitions in that room, and they was all of the Jewish faith. And I showed them that, and I hope that I showed them, that it doesn't matter about where you're from, what your religious background, what your beliefs are. I'm for all the people. I'm an African-American. I've gone through the problems and the pains, And I know how I feel to be uh, treated indifferent. Uh, and you don't have to do one thing about that. It's just this, this, this skin covering that you wear. You know, it, it, it becomes a mark to a lot of people. They just can't get past the internal. The they can't get past the external. They can't just look at me as a human being. And because I, I grew up with those type of displacement, those disparities, those uh, self-conscious feelings of wanting to belong no matter where I am or where I'm going or who I belong to, I'm an American. And when I go into a room, that's what I see. I don't see skin color, although I know it's relevant. I know it's, 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 it's there in plain view, but I'm for all of us. So when I walked in that room last night and I began to talk to the people in that room and, and I had a good conversation because I wasn't there to insult them. And I let them know that I know there's a lot of intellectuals in the room, and I'm not going to insult you uh, with a prepared presentation. So, so I want to continue the, di- the dialogue. And when we got done, we had a lot of fun. I was very dramatic and I, I'm very passionate. And I put myself in my place. I see myself from the outside. I look at myself from the audience. And I see and say, hey, why am I here? And I shared my story. And when we was done or when I was done, it seemed like petitions came from nowhere. They just couldn't wait to sign the petition. They couldn't wait to shake my hand. They couldn't wait to they helped show me that they are helping me get to the finish line. So it was an excellent meeting. We talked about a, a term limit, about the law, because they were more interested in seeing if I had an understanding of our of our law. And when I showed that I understood what the law means, and that when I get to Congress and when I cast my my vote on that floor, it won't be because somebody gave me money. There's a lot of candidates in these races. They're about money. They love. Yes, they are. That's all they talk about. You can see the way they dress. They walk in the, these rooms like they some celebrities, and this is why we keep getting the same results. And you know it. You, have, you have those that keep getting the same exact results all the time, every time, they call that to be, they call that in- insanity. That's right. And this is what's going on with our, uh, with our Republican Party, because I walked away from the Democratic Party. Because I know that the Democratic Party, that's what they believe. And I truly want to believe that becoming home, coming home, becoming a Republican, 100% patriotic, that this party is not like Democrats. And I say to people all the time, Republicans are not Democrats. We shouldn't look at things the way the Democrats look at things. We We shouldn't judge candidates. The way the Democrats look at candidates, because I don't have a tie on, or because I don't have a nice suit on, or because I don't have a, a good, a nice expensive pair of shoes on, or I have a button on, on, on my lapel, you know, I don't have rings on my feet, on, on my fingers. Because I don't have all these things does not mean I'm not a good candidate. I may be the one, I may be that stone, Rick, that stone that you're going to use to throw at that Goliath to bring the giant down because it takes heart to run a campaign, I have the heart, I have the compassion, I have the determination, and I am a Christian man, not a perfect man. I make mistakes, but I am a Christian man. And I'm 100% doing the will of God because this is a mission for me. And when I see these other candidates and I don't know them, I ain't never seen them in the community. I don't know their positions or areas. I don't know them at all. I don't know if they want to run for a seat that they have not earned, that they have not worked for. I'm working every day for my seat. I'm all over the place. I'm taking positions now as a candidate. I'm saying things now and defending things now, filing complaints against supervisor of elections now. Because that's how Debbie Wasserman Schultz has stayed in office. And I hope that this messaging is correct. That's how Debbie Wasserman Schultz has standing in this office, that office that she holds. They violated the term limit law. The term limit law was passed in ninety two, ninety three. It says that a U.S. representative, a U.S. senator, a state senator, a state representative, and in in other positions, they must serve eight years. Then after eight years, they're supposed to take a break for two years. And then they come back another eight years or however more years. But the term limits we have term limits in the state of Florida. We have them, Rick. Debbie Washington, in my opinion, has been violating that term limit. A lot of these candidates, they're not talking about this because they're trying to play it safe. They're not talking about the rules of law. But I am. I'm talking about those rules of law or those areas of law that a congressperson need to know about and need to be equipped to walk in that office on day one. This ain't no time to have training wheels on. This ain't no time for OJT. This is the time that someone go going now, day one and take on the fight because I work for the Florida House of Representatives. I I know how the legislative process works. I've been involved with this process since I first ran for office in 1989, 1990. But prior to that, Rick, I worked for a clerk of the court. I was the only one in that race in 1990 that had that type of background and had that experience. Before Harvey Rubin took over, it was a judge named Marcia Ada that they went and got out of retirement just to stop me. And then after he had got done with those two years remaining term of Richard P. Branker, who's one of the best clerks in the history of of Miami-Dade County, then they stick how he gave it to Harvey Rubin. When I look at the record, it looked like Marshall Aida won in 92. But Harvey Rubin took the seat. So you know, those are things that have questions. And maybe some one day somebody will point me in the right direction and give me more clarity. But as far as I'm concerned, I've always been there. I, start, I set up an organization, Black Organizing Leadership Development, called BOLD. We took on the hard fight. We wrote. Around this country, when there was injustice, when there was people being treated unfairly, we didn't sit in the sideline in some nursing school. We was on the front line fighting the good fight, putting our next on the line, not playing it safe. Contacting presidents, contacting senators, contacting congressmen, talking to talking to New Englanders, getting even an idea about a contract with America, saying that he, that uh, America needs a contract. With this citizen. Because too many politicians, they make promises and they don't keep. And that was in 1994. And then it, it came out. Contract with America. Sometimes you have plan to plant the seed. When I was talking to Ben Chavis, when he was the NACP chair, uh, chairman, I said to him, because I was running for president of the United States in 1995, not to win, but to have a voice on this, on this platform. I said to him that we need a million black men. Running for the presidency of the United States. And I said that, I said that in a term because I felt that the don, the don, the downtrodden need to be rescued, need to be on the, on the front line having a voice. Because this is about voices written, wanting their voices to be heard. And next thing I knew, the million man march was born. So God allowed me throughout the years to plant the kind of seed that eventually grows. Grows because I've been behind the scenes. I'm the one of those persons, Rick, that's been behind the scenes, been behind the scene, the scenes, taking on the fight. When I was filing election contests, I filed my first, my very first election contest in 1990 when I ran. When I was supposed to be in the runoff, and Barbara Carey, who was a commissioner and was a chairperson of the con- canvassing board, put me in third place. And this is why I'm at the, at the, uh, the uh, position. That we don't need some local supervisor of elections positions anymore. We don't need canvassing board positions anymore. When a vote is cast, it should go, it should come from the county, go right into the main computer up there in our Florida Division of Elections or our Election Department. Because we don't need a middleman. If these middlemen are gonna cheat, if they're gonna keep people like Debbie Wasserman show, who don't represent you and she doesn't represent me. If they're going to keep people like that in office, rent, then we don't need these local supervisors of elections. I filed charges against Christina White for the 2020 debacle. I filed charges with the United States Postal Post- Inspector against those employees that tamper with the mail. Because I don't care whether you call them ballots. Federal Law says that it's, a, it's illegal to tamper with U.S. mail. Those mail-in ballots that were for Donald Trump, they became the property of the United States Postal Service until that mail or that uh, uh, envelope was properly delivered to the person it was intended. I asked uh, I asked the Postal Inspector to, to review. I asked the Florida Department of Elections to review these charges. And this is what we must do more of Rick as patriots, as people of goodwill, and people that love this country. We have the power. We have laws on the books that we can begin the foul charge. We have two years with the Federal Election Commission to dispute an, a, an election that was done under their jurisdiction. The spilling of, of the election between uh, Biden and President Trump We have one year remaining to bring charges with the federal election commission. So they think they give you about two years or three years because they have jurisdiction over the uh, over uh, these positions, these federal positions, and they can do the investigation and they can help us make a determination. Because in my opinion, Donald Trump is the lawful and legal president of these United States. And I say that without apologizing. When they did what they did to President Trump, I was the only candidate on the street. I didn't see any other candidate that ran for this House seat. I didn't see them on the the street. I didn't see them on the front line. I saw them retreating. I saw them standing in the background. I saw fear over their face because they didn't know whether or not they should support or defend because they don't know the law the way I know the law. And because I knew the law, I showed put my face on the front line and I held up the sign. I stayed in the rain. I didn't run from the rain because the rain came down. I let the world know where I stood on this issue. And I would do that as as a member of the House House of, of, of Congress, of the United States House of Representatives. I would not retreat. I would keep moving. I would keep moving forward, Rick. So that's what I did, and I am not ashamed of who I am.
0: Well, I tell you what, uh, Ruben, as we close the Team Young podcast, and again, this is your podcast platform that'll be on your site, and then it'll be posted other places. I want to just close and let uh, listeners know, your listeners, your potential voters, and even if they're listening and they're not in Florida, you want to support Ruben Young on his website, Congress. Uh, dot com, and please donate uh, big and small because we need to win. And I want to let also listeners know that based on what you said for the last 30, 45 minutes, you are the last line of defense. You said something like that just now. So what that means is voters in District 23 and even if you don't live in District 23 and in, in, in Broward in Miami-Dade, you uh, This election is is unlike any other election we've ever had before. And let me explain what that means. You know, 20 years ago, we had, you know, two candidates, let's say two Republican candidates. And there was a choice between Republican candidate one and Republican candidate two. Maybe the Republican two was the incumbent. But in your personal life, listeners, you had a good life. You could go on vacation. You're making money in your job or your business. Your kids' school schools were were, were pretty good. Uh, you, the law enforcement in your community was was not that bad. You didn't have a whole bunch of crime. Sometimes it's hard to get rid of 100% crime, but most people were comfortable in their neighborhood. And even when you turned in your vote on your ballot, you had a reasonable, uh, you know, considerate. You you were reasonably satisfied by that your vote counted. Now that has all changed. So now if you are a small business owner, a private sector worker, or even a public sector worker who is concerned about having to take a vaccine by force, if you live in the community and you've seen nothing but broken glass and rocks and and, and torn down buildings, and finally, if you are concerned about the Constitution, if you're concerned about this move to defund the police, if you are concerned about uh, you know, continued violations of the US Constitution that are going on as we speak, and more so than ever before, you saw what happened in 2020, if you are concerned with election integrity. Now, this is why this election is more important than any other election that we ever had, because if what is happening now continues, past 2022 you might be able to to call the United States of America the United States of Cuba and I'm not saying that to be as rhetoric I'm not saying that to be facetious I'm not saying that in a a way that's uh, like you know figuratively speaking I'm talking about literal speaking where the same rights that you had 20 years ago may not be here after 2022 so that's why Ruben Young is your best line of defense. And hopefully other candidates in other districts will, stay, will fight just as hard as Ruben is fighting. So please donate $50, twenty, $100, or anything you can afford, even if it's on a regular basis, so Ruben can put together his system to win and his system not to lose. And Ruben has two races. He has a primary race... And he has a congressional race. We feel that voters will make the right decision in the primary. So, Reuben is focused on the general election against Debbie Wasserman Schultz. So, Reuben, can you close us out in about 30 seconds with anything you want to talk about?
1: Yeah, Greg, I want everyone to support this platform that we are putting forth. Uh, Go to my website, take a look at that platform, R -R 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 Young for Congress. Uh, give me your support. I am a grassroots, 100% grassroots. so that means that no one owns me. When I get to that floor, I'm voting for We the People, and I'm going to protect We the People, and I will protect and defend this great nation of ours. So please give me a vote. Give me a consideration around this country, not just focus on District 23, but I represent the United States of America, and I represent part of it, which is District 23. So I need your support to help defeat Debbie Wasserman Schultz in 2022.
0: And I tell you what, the next podcast, uh, if you can, let's talk about that, that uh, that continuous, ter- these continuous terms that Debbie Wasserman Schultz has been in since 2004. That seems like something that you know people need to know about. And, and that's a, that's a clear violation of, of 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 the law, it seems like. So anyway, thank you, Reuben. And until next time, which we'll probably do two or three podcasts a week. Because the, it, it's a war and it's not we're not. And we, again, we're not talking about, you know, anything figuratively speaking. We're talking about the reality of what things are right now. So anyway, take care, Ruben, and I'll talk to you Thank soon. You, Rick. Thank you. Rick. Bye bye. God bless. God bless you, bro.